Welcome to episode 246 of Live Happy Now. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, thanking you for joining us again this week. Most of us are familiar with FOMO, or the fear of missing out, which has become really prevalent with the onslaught of social media. Now that's given rise to JOMO, or the joy of missing out. And today we're joined by Jessica Meisner, who literally wrote the guidebook on it. If you're looking for an antidote to FOMO, you'll want to check out her book, JOMO, Celebrate the Joy of Missing Out. But first, let's listen to what she has to say about it. Jessica, thank you for joining us on Live Happy Now. Thanks for having me. This is an interesting topic because we have written and talked so much about FOMO. And so when I saw that you were writing about JOMO, it's like we've got to talk to her. (laughs) And so I guess, first of all, can you start by explaining to everyone what you mean by the joy of missing out? Yeah, so many people have heard of FOMO, like you mentioned, and which stands for the fear of missing out. And that refers to this feeling that we get often when we're on social media, scrolling through our friends' photos where they look like they're having a great time. And we just get this feeling that we're, that other people are having better lives than us. They're at cooler events. They're spending their time in a more fun way. And this can be really bad for our self-esteem, our anxiety. And so JOMO is kind of the flip side of FOMO, and it stands for the joy of missing out. So this is about really embracing that sense of, you know, maybe I'm not out at this cool party that looks amazing on Instagram, but I can still have fun if I'm home by myself or not out at the coolest event. But there's lots of things I can do that are true to myself and help me stay authentic to who I am without having to participate in maybe events or life that doesn't always look as amazing on social media. So are you saying that every moment doesn't have to be Instagrammable? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's, it's hard. I mean, I use Instagram. I, I love social media. But yeah, I think it's about being conscious of when it's not always the best for us, for our self-esteem or our emotions at that present moment. Yeah, I know when social media became so ubiquitous, and there were a lot of studies that showed it does connect people, and then it kind of peaked, and we saw the flip side of that, where it really, especially among teens and young adults, really started increasing, as you had mentioned, anxiety and FOMO. And so now to be able to back off a little bit is a real skill. So how does someone start to do that? Because it's hard to not get sucked in. It's really hard. Yeah. And now, you know, with smartphones with us 24-7 in our pocket and in our bags, it's really easy to just constantly be on it and not not gut check ourselves and whether it's really helping us out. So what I like to do are things like if I'm reading a book, I'll put my phone in a different room so I can't put down the book when I see a notification and absentmindedly scroll. You can delete apps that are, are sucking up a lot of your time or even just turn off those notifications they send when someone so liked your photo. And one thing I've, I've tried to do is look, try to view social media as a treat. So many times when I'm waiting in line or in an elevator, I just automatically pick up my phone and start scrolling to occupy my mind. But I'm trying to look at it more as something like a weekly manicure or a cookie that I might treat myself to occasionally, but that is not my default thing to fall back on when I'm bored. Yeah, I as I was thinking about this interview and I was in the elevator in our building and there were several people in the elevator with me and I looked around and every one of them was scrolling through their social media feeds on their yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. When I look around the subway, I live in New York in the mornings, and every single person, including me, has their head down in their phone. And, you know, I'm not the first person at all to say this, but it's really amazing how much phones have really taken over our lives in every, basically every moment. And to start 
embracing JOMO, you kind of have to shift your mindset. And as you said, you've created a way to see it as a treat. But how do you get to the point where you say, okay, this is even something I want to do? How do you completely start shifting that mindset, kind of the steps to get to where you are? Yeah, I think it's about just checking in with your own emotions on it. I think a lot of us can use Instagram or Facebook as something that does bring us joy and something that does connect us even more to friends and family. But if you start to notice that it's really making you feel like you're missing out on things or you need to be living a different life than the one you're living to impress other people, I think that's where you need to start taking steps. Like I talked about, to curb your social media usage or just find a hobby or call a friend or do something that's more about real connection in your own life versus kind of spectating into other people's. And does that feel uncomfortable at first? I think it can. Yeah. I think when you see, when you look at your feeds and you see everyone posting all these events and they're hanging out with friends and you're not, or they have a partner and you're single right now, it's really hard at first. But I think the more that you can be in tune with yourself and disconnect when it feels good to you, then, you know, the more authentic and true you'll be and the happier you'll be in the long run. Absolutely. And you're a writer, you've done a lot of things. And what was it that made you decide you were going to start looking at Jomo and then go ahead and write about it? Can you kind of talk about your journey to this point? Yeah, I mean, I have FOMO. I've (laughs) suffered from FOMO, if you will. And I think being a writer these days means being connected to the internet all the time and being on Twitter and Instagram and kind of, you know, there's a lot of talk about creating a personal brand as a writer. And I, I just started to to realize that that wasn't doing me any favors. And it was making me focus more on how my life appeared to others than how I was actually experiencing and engaging with my life and the people in it. I didn't invent the concept of JOMO, but I heard about it and I started researching it. And I thought, wow, this is really a good antidote to a lot of just the constant 24-7 connectedness that is rampant in our society right now. So then I started to dig into, well, what if there were a resource where you could Find all these ways, these ideas for things to do that don't involve scrolling through your phone. You brought up a great point because it's for writers, it's artists, anyone who's trying to build their own brand or just keep in the forefront and keep working, you know, you are encouraged to to really use social media. So how do you balance that out? Yeah. I mean, one thing I do is I try to let myself be on social media and the internet during the day when I either need to be for work or, you know, if I'm if I have a free moment and I want to look at Instagram, that's great. But I try to really unplug when work is done and think now is my time to focus on my family and my hobbies and connect with friends. And so I kind of, I try to compartmentalize it as much as I can, but it's a challenge. And I think something that if you really want to make an effort to do, you have to really focus on day by day and hour by hour. And the great thing about your book is that you give us so many ways (laughs) To handle this. First of all, how many suggestions are there in the book? There's a lot. There's over 350, between 350 and 400, yeah. So basically, if you can't find one to go with in this, there's... Right. (laughs) (laughs) And how did you start coming up with all of those? Because they cover such a broad range of things that you can do. So many things that I wouldn't have thought of. There is a broad range. I started with my hobbies and my activities, and I just mind my own life for things that I enjoy doing. And then I started surveying friends and family and said, okay, what do you do when you have a night in at home and you want to relax? And so it was a lot of crowdsourcing, uh, some research. um, Yeah, but it was fun research. I'll say that. (laughs) And so can you kind of talk about, let's say 
three of your favorite ones and how they affect you. Sure. One of my favorites is have a hashtag free throwback Thursday. So there's, excuse me, there's this Instagram movement called hashtag TBT where you post old photos of yourself. But there's one of my favorite ones is coming up with ways to kind of honor that that don't involve social media. So whether that's looking through old photo albums, asking your parents to share their favorite memories or their old photos. So kind of taking a moment to reflect um, and maybe stir up some happy nostalgia without having to go through your phone and post and do that. Another one of my favorites is meditate in unusual ways. I think often we think of meditation as involving chanting or something that's like very spiritual, but you can actually meditate in ways that in all kinds of ways. One of my favorites is I find cooking very soothing. So something like chopping garlic or an onion, a repetitive movement like that, where you can really quiet your mind can be just as powerful as a spiritual meditation. And then one of my uh, just silly favorites is having a 90s rom-com marathon. <laughs> There's so many good <laughs> movies from the 90s that are on basic cable or a lot of us still have DVDs for. So sitting and binging, binge watching those can be pretty fun. That's terrific. Yeah, I think my favorite one was mastering. I'm trying to remember how exactly how it was worded. Mastering the art of, of folding a fitted bed sheet. Yes. If you figure that out, let me know. I oh, my God. I'm like, well, there, there goes the whole night. Right. <laughs> so that's it. And that, I think that's important, too, for people to understand with this book. You really had a lot of fun with it. And it's very playful and encouraging to to read and you want to go out and try some of these things. It's not just like a list. Yeah, thank you. It's a, Yeah, it's a broad range of things. A lot of them don't cost any money or involve any kind of purchasing things or leaving your house to do. So it's, there should be something in there for everyone. We'll be right back with more of my interview with Jessica Meisner and how to master the joy of missing out. But right now, if you're not feeling much joy in your life, you might need someone to talk to. Or maybe you're experiencing the anxiety and depression that accompanies FOMO. BetterHelp Counseling is a confidential online counseling service that connects you with licensed professional counselors who can talk when it's most convenient for you. With more than 3,000 licensed therapists specializing in everything from stress and depression to trauma, grief, and family conflicts, this is an affordable and convenient way to work through whatever it is that's causing you concern. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option because Live Happy Now listeners get 10% off their first month. Go to betterhelp.com slash livehappy and use the discount code livehappy to get started. That's betterhelp.com slash livehappy. And now let's get back to our conversation with Jessica and learn more about the joy of missing out. And as you were doing this, did other people get involved with you? Did they start trying it as well? Or did they just go, yeah, you go do that and let us know how it works out? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely recruited my husband for a lot of, let's try making s'mores or let's get some new board games. It was kind of fun changing up our home on a Friday night routine a little bit. And it's interesting when you start doing things like that, how, you know, it's things that we used to maybe do more often, like sit around and play a board game. Yeah. Or, things like that. And people are like, oh my gosh, this was really fun. It's almost like we invented something new. <laughs> it's interesting the response that you see when, when you start trying these kind of new things that aren't really new. That's a great point. And I, I think you're right. I think when I'm home, I default to being on my phone or the internet. And it's good to remember, oh, Monopoly exists. <laughs> like, art projects exist. Crafts exist. All these things that we've kind of lost touch with in the digital age of it, it's good to revisit. 
how do you keep yourself from kind of slipping back into that? Because like you said, it's such an easy default thing. Like, well, there's my phone and I, I'll just scroll through that for 30 minutes. Yeah, I think it's finding what works for you to help focus your mind, whether that's, you know, finding a hobby that you love so much that you can just kind of get pulled into it for hours without thinking about the outside world. Or if, if you don't have that, you know, it's a lot, for me, it's about physical barriers, putting my phone in a room I'm not in or turning it all the way off. Thinking the other day, like, when's the last time I turned my phone actually off, powered it down? <laughs> so I think it's about doing whatever, whatever you need to do, whether that's making it harder to access your phone or your apps or finding things that you really enjoy that you can kind of focus on, um, whatever works for you. Yeah. And, you know, I will give one piece of advice because I tried doing that. I put my phone in my walk-in closet and then I turned the ringer off so I wouldn't uh-huh. hear it and be tempted to go back in. Then I was doing other things and then I couldn't remember where I had put my phone. <laughs> so so it's like my my little Jomo went on longer than I had anticipated because I couldn't even like call it from another phone to find it. So Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, just be careful that when you do need it again and you're ready to tune back into the outside world, you know where where it is. <laughs> Now, as you did this, was it very difficult to get a publisher to jump on board and say, you know, yeah, this is something we need to put out there? Um, No, I had actually worked with my publisher before. I wrote a book called Things to Do Before You're 30. And it was a similar list. It was longer. I think it was 600 things to do before you turn 30. So similar format. So, you know, they were very on board with this concept. Like I said before, it's a really fun read. It's a light read. It's easy to get through. And it's something that pretty much everybody can use. So, you know, there's something in there that they can find that's going to suit them. Definitely. Yeah. And this time of year when it's dark and cold out and, you know, it's, it's way less tempting to leave the house anyway, I think it's a good time of year to, to tackle a lot of the things in this book. Absolutely. And what do you hope most that people get from doing this? I would just hope that people are inspired by a lot of the ideas, are that it motivates people to, even if they're not ready to put down their, lock their phone away from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. every night, just think more intentionally about their social media usage and kind of tune into how Instagram and, and Facebook and being constantly connected makes them feel and be willing to, to take a risk and live in the moment a little bit and try some activities that make us feel more connected to people around us and to ourselves. So what has it done for you? How has it changed you as you've embraced the joy of missing out and have done some of these things yourself? Yeah, I definitely, you know, I used to just idly scroll through Instagram when I was sitting on my couch watching a TV show or a movie. And I think I've just become more cognizant of the effect that it it has on me to spend my free time and my leisure time kind of bombarding my mind with everyone else's lives. And I think what I imagine their lives to be. There's a really good phrase that says, don't compare your behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. Well, what often we're we're posting on Instagram is the best moments of our lives. You know, I post about my wedding or a job promotion and I'm not posting, I'm home at night, I'm feeling really depressed. You know, so most of us are really posting these like golden, shiny, the happiest moments and we're not posting 24 seven. So I think I, I just became more conscious that what I was seeing in my feeds wasn't necessarily a true representation of everyone else's life, but it was what they were choosing to show to the world. And that helped me really accept that I'm not the only one sitting here looking at these photos, feeling a little bit of anxiety that I'm not living up to a certain standard. Right. 
Yeah, because I think we live our best lives only in our feeds. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. It's like we look at our own feeds to be like, oh, yes, my life is good. And, yeah. <laughs> so, so as you've done this and now you've kind of, I, th- I think anytime you take on a writing project like this, you become an expert in it. And now that you have become an expert in the joy of missing out, do you still have FOMO? I do. And I, you know, I, it's something I just have to work on constantly. And I think that I've learned to be more conscious about my social media usage. And then when I do see all these party photos or vacation photos or things that make me feel envious or a little bit anxious that I'm not doing the same things, I think I just try to train myself to really put that aside and think, well, this person is choosing to show these moments of their life. It doesn't mean they're constantly happy or constantly on vacation or have an unlimited budget for everything. So I think it's just made me feel more in tune about the effect that these social media platforms have on my life and the fact that I'm choosing to spend all my time, a lot of my time on them versus pursuing hobbies or talking to friends. So I think it's just made me more self-aware about my own connectivity, if you will. Yeah, that's terrific. And so if someone else, as people are listening to this and saying, all right, there's probably different reactions. People are like, yeah, there's no way I'm doing that. To, um, I could do that, but it sounds tough. To, oh my gosh, I really want to do that. So if someone is thinking, okay, yeah, I'd like to try it, how do they get started? Yeah, I, I think it starts by knowing your own distractions and your own FOMO triggers and then trying to shut those out as much as you can. And then being intentional about saying, well, here's what I'm going to do instead. I'm going to put my phone away for an hour and I'm going to read a good book or I'm going to play a board game or call my mom or do whatever idea you know resonates with you most in the book. So taking that first baby step of saying, I'm going to commit time to doing this is kind of the first step. And then from there, you just kind of see where, where it takes you and what hobbies you like, what ideas from this book you might enjoy, like cooking or which ones you you might learn quickly, which ones you don't like. Maybe you're not a craft person, but it's all about finding what works best for you. Well, Jessica, I do thank you for talking with us about this. I thank you for writing this book. And we're going to come back in just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about you, where they can go to your website, how they can order a copy of the book and follow you on social media. But (laughs) knowing knowing that they should only do that with limited times. (laughs) Thank you for having me. All right. Have a great day. That was Jessica Meisner talking about the joy of missing out. If you'd like to learn more about her book, Jomo, Celebrate the Joy of Missing Out, visit us at livehappynow.com. We hope you're already a subscriber to Live Happy Now, but if you're not, you can find us on the Pandora Podcast Network, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Just look for us on your favorite platform and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm-hmm.